tend, this is normally when we send people away from meetings and uh, you've not eaten, it's dark in here, can you actually see me? Yeah. And, uh, and, and it's like, it's time, it's time to go to bed nearly, isn't it? And here we are, another session. So this is, this is hardcore. It's great to be here. I uh, didn't get time to introduce in the little short session earlier, but my name's Adam, so I'm married to Susie. And we've got three kids. We've got Me- Megan, who's here. Uh, let's hear it for Megan. <laughs> and uh, then we've got uh, Ben, who's 17, back back at home. And then we've got uh, Zeb, who's 14, who is at, at grandparents. We dumped him in Ipswich <laughs> on the way up here. And uh, we'll collect him on the way back. And uh, we've been in the church in Medway. So this is Medway Towns, Chatham, Rochester, Gillingham. Um, Susie's been there since it was started in 93 because her, her parents planted it. They're sort of like serial church planters and they were missionaries, missionaries abroad. Um, Susie was born in Ethiopia and, uh, and then they moved and lived in Yemen. Uh, in the Middle East, and so they planted numbers of churches in, in places like India, and then Medway, and Medway was planted out of the uh, the Dartford New Frontiers Church as well, which has seen lots of um, people coming through that church that have gone on to uh, go overseas and plant and lead other churches, and then uh, that was 93 the church was planted, and then I came into the church in 1996. Were you all born then? Someone said to me earlier, like, I wasn't born then. It's like, oh, goodness me. So be- being here is like amazing because cause I, when I was 20, I was about 22, so just a couple of years ago, and that was when I came back to God. I was brought up in a Christian home. My dad was a Baptist pastor, and I went away from God when I was probably 14, about, you know, about that kind of age, and drifted, and then I I had an encounter with with God at at home, and so I I know that I got a lot of confidence in the goodness of God, because he he met with me, not in a church setting, like I was miles away, but it was was like God was pursuing me, Um, as the years went on, it was sort of like he was getting nearer and nearer and nearer, till one day I had an an encounter with God, It it was the presence of God coming into the room I didn't hear any preaching um, there wasn't any kind of altar call there was no worship music to stir me up or anything like that it, it was like the, the, the presence the convicting power of God came into the room on a particular occasion and it, it was just like it went from being a thought of I, I, be, I sort of believe in God intellectually I know he's there but it doesn't really mean anything to me doesn't it's not impacting my life but when the the presence of God like the the weight of his presence came in the room it felt scary it suddenly felt like oh man what have I been doing for like the last eight years or so I've just been wasting my life getting into all kinds of messes look where I am now God is real Um, he's he's speaking to me he's calling me he loves me and then that then began about another year, year probably year 18 months before I even went into a church. Um, it happens to be the church that, that I'm in still now, Medway Family Church. It was planted as in 93. It's now Cornerstone City Church. And, uh, and, and very soon I, f- I felt like this kind of sense of God like just in in the back like a little voice where in the early months even when I came into the church I didn't really understand a lot of stuff but I just had a sense that God was saying to me I'm, I'm calling you to be someone who, who preaches my word who's going to speak out for me and it was like 
how does that even work? What does that even mean? And so just to see what God has done in the church and, and kind of to be here and thinking, man, I know what I was like when I was 22, um, but it, it, it was the presence and power of God. And this, this links right in with this whole theme of revival because this is about the, the coming of God's presence, the intensification of God's power. And, and when, when that happens, and, and what I experienced was looking back, you think, well, it felt like only a small measure. It wasn't like anything super extraordinary with some of the stories we're here tonight, but just like a small droplet of God's power, like, like we were saying earlier, a small bit of God's breath on that flame that is in your heart is enough to like set you on fire for the rest of your life and that's part of what we're doing here we want to pray for that we're going to be, we're going to pray for our nation and our towns but we, we're going to be starting off praying for, for God to, to fill us to baptize us in the Holy Spirit again we, we we want to pray for another Pentecost and so I'm going to share a few stories with you tonight I'm kind of like you know Jack and Ori does anyone remember Jack and Ori? You look at these, the oldies there. This was like, this was like an old BBC programme. It's like story time where they would just kind of open up a book and read to you. And uh, I, I, I want to kick off by asking what, what you think revival is. I know it's been mentioned, I've just touched on it, and different people have said different things. But um, in terms of what you understand revival as being... Oh, look. No, it's all right. There's, there's more to be said than that, but that, that is a kind of general explanation. Um, but just, just give me a sense of what you think that means. I'll read it out, and then you can, you can just shout out a few things. So, revival, an increase in the intensity and reality of the presence of God and the kingdom of God in a particular place or group of people that leads to transformation of lives and society, usually over a long or prolonged period of time so people describe it it's a kind of catch-all phrase revival people can like you know trip it off the tongue but w what it's referring to is any of those like descriptive words at the top there like times of refreshing awakening transformation reformation uh, people are are mobilized and and this is something that that god god sovereignly does so it's something that god has to do we can't just like pull the same levers and it happens automatically but and this is really what we want to stir one another up with tonight there is there is a sense where we can turn our face toward God for it, where we can lean into it, where we can we can position ourselves to the best of our ability so that we're, we're waiting, we're expectant. And, and one of the things that was touched on earlier, I think Susie mentioned it, was this kind of question about that does God always use someone um, or does it just happen? And as far as I know, it, it, it's always because God uses someone, a group of people, but there's, there's often one or two people that kind of begin to like kick st start something, um, often many, many years before. So God, God seems to enjoy working through people. Yes, he does just sort of turn up, as it were, and encounter people, um, a bit like he did with me in, in my home. Um, but behind the scenes, of course, he didn't just turn up, did he? I mean, I know that now. There was people praying for me for years, of course, my parents, my grandparents. So, so God uses people behind the scenes, and then later on, his presence comes. That also always seems to be the cycle. So give, give me give me some thoughts on um, on what you 
what you think of or remember from scripture could be biblical examples this is a big one for uh, 10 to 10 at night um, think think through like scan a little bit through new testament old testament can you think of any examples just shout them out that might fit this picture because it, it, it's important that we understand it's something that god has always done in some shape or form so just just shout out there's a lot of them, um, but there's one or two that are probably a bit more obvious than others. So, who's reading their Bibles? Give, give me some ideas. And uh, old people, you can shout out as well. So, it's not just for the youngsters. There we go, yeah. So, that's a, that's a super obvious one, yes. The entry, Pentecost in, in Acts, yeah. So you've got that, that the, the coming in power of God, presence of God, like the literal tongues of fire, and then it led to f- literally thousands and thousands of people coming to Christ in a short period of time. And it, and it says things like they, they, cut, they, they had such an impact on the city, it's like it was turning it upside down. So yeah, good one. Any others? The outpouring on the Samaritans? Yeah, so women at the well? No, I'm thinking Acts. Acts, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah so Samaritans, that's the one. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then there, there was the um, the woman at the well where Jesus spoke to. When she went away, he, he prophesied over, and she went away, and she told. It says she told everyone what this man had said, and and then later on, there's a kind of sense that that the whole village comes out to see. It's like there's a move of God that comes off the back so these some of them are, are bigger than others but yeah gr- great example any others what about old testament king, king josiah's reign yeah yeah any more on that what did he do well, they, they rediscovered the bible which is got lost yeah yeah they um, start getting rid of some of the idolatry yeah in the nations there's a holiness recovery of god's word yeah yeah brilliant yeah, so, so a, a, a turning like the kind of re-establishing of commitment to God. It, it always ends up there where people are, are worshipping God and just fully committed to God. There, there's quite a lot of them. Um, if you go through the Old Testament, so you can find, just reading off, off here, um, there's websites you can go to where you can literally study um, revivals in the Bible and throughout history. This one's called Romans1015.com and it's just got li- lists <laughs> lists of, the, of what you would, could describe in the Bible as revivals where, where mass numbers of people have turned to God. And then th- throughout history as well there, there are just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of documented examples and so tonight we, we're only going to look at a couple of them um, and, and these are, these are, these are kind of like biggies so the first one we're going to look at and then we're going to break it up with, a, with sort of prayer in the middle of it we're going to have a video as well um, is the Azusa Street Revival so the Azusa Street Revival um, happened in 1906 the reason why this is an interesting one is because this is, is, this is what is understood to have spawned Pentecostalism and so today in the world they reckon that there's about 650 million 
Pentecostals, people that identify with a certain view of being baptised in the Spirit and all the rest of it, uh, for, for whom New Frontiers or the groups we're part of, Relational Mission and others, we're, 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 we overlap with Pentecostalism. So we're charismatics, but we're, we're like Neo or New Pentecostals. So this is something of, of our history. So it's, it's interesting to, understood, to understand where, where this one started. And, and what, why we should bother looking at it, because I think this is a key thing to understand, that it, it, it's not just going through history because it's important to, to understand what God did in the past, and it's all very interesting. Um, it's important because one of, the, one of the things you find with revivals is that they spread, and they spread by people hearing about what God has done or is doing somewhere else, or by coming into contact with people that have been to particular locations where there's a move of God, or like a chain, they come into contact with someone else that's come into contact. And so tonight, as we as we hear stories, as we actually see and hear firsthand from people that have been involved in revivals, there is the possibility that a seed might be sown in your heart or in my heart that may then turn into something which is going to lead you to pray, which may then lead to something else which will trigger other people and it could lead to a move of God. I mean, that's the ultimate. So when we're looking, this is like, it's it's still live. It's still kind of tangible in our in our spirits and in our hearts so this is about stirring up our own hearts and and it's important that we do that because because this this is about God's heart so when we pray for revival because it's it's bigger than ourselves because it's it's yes yeah, praying God fill me baptize me but we're praying for our towns praying for our city it's it lifts us out of our of our smallness, if you like, it, it it gets us concerned about the things that concern God, which it, like like God's love. We've heard about. We've had underlying God's love and His kindness. The Bible is clear that He longs that none should perish, but that all should come to Him. He 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 wants to pour out His Spirit. It, it's not like He's looking for an excuse not to do it. it he, he's looking for. Where can he? What's going on? Where are people giving themselves? Where are people praying? Where are people fasting? Where are people leaning into it and positioning themselves? So it demonstrates God's heart. Um, it demonstrates maturity. So if you want to grow up in God, if you want to mature, then you've got to grow a big heart like God's heart. And God is concerned with the nations. He's concerned with cities. He's concerned with everyone. He's concerned with you and your situations, but if you start to think beyond yourself and pray into that, it's sort of harder work, isn't it? Because you know what it's like, it's easy to pray for your own stuff, isn't it? You're going through. But but to call on God, for, for God, baptise me, but God, come for the sake of my church and the churches in my town. Come and, 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 and like allow those things to stir our hearts that's the sign of a mature believer and I know that um, people that have prayed with mature believers, Terry Virgo who's a pioneer of our group of churches lots of people have, have said when they've travelled with him in, in conferences you know, he's a man of prayer pray, prays for uh, a few hours every morning but part of that is praying beyond, it's praying for nations, it's praying into different contexts and so people have learned from that like wow the kind of the size of the man's heart and so maturity means that we want to pray for stuff like that and ultimately why should we bother with it because 
it, it is the ultimate hope and so we, we want to enjoy times of refreshing and we want people to be saved and rescued and just looking at it logically we praise God for the ones and twos but man if, if thousands and thousands come into the, into the presence of God and are rescued that's got to be better so it's the ultimate so what we're praying for is, is the conversion of people the, the presence and power of God to come but then what does it do yes it leads to like I had an experience like a fear of God and conviction of sin that's always there like a, a deep like kind of fear of God that sets in but then it, it leads to changes in people's families it leads to changes in workplaces it leads to changes in society there's stories of where police police stations are shut down because there's no work for them to do so where it goes is that that whole communities um, whole towns, whole cities, whole islands as we're here tonight are transformed where, where the majority of people come to Christ and so this is about plucking people out rescuing people out from the flames of hell as it were so this is something that do we want to bother with it, should we be praying for it as we go into the new year yeah we've been reflecting back on what does God God want for me but we surely we should be praying for our nation and our city you know they're, they're, everyone's out there celebrating we're going to count down but Lord let 2023 be a year where we're going to see an increase or an intensification of your your presence this is what we want to pray for so um, I think what we do is is can we roll the um, the Azusa Street video um, it's on there. I think you have to shut things down. Max can help if you get in a muddle. So this, there, there's a couple of videos. We'll watch one now. This, this is the Azusa Street Pentecostal beginnings, 1906. Azusa Street is in uh, California, in Los Angeles, and uh, this gives a, 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 an overview. It's about 10 minutes long, right? So, um, and there's some like super special effects in this as well so watch out for them and, uh, and, there's, and there's some real testimonies of people um, who were alive at the time who were children in, in the revival who were touched by God now they've passed away but the videos that you'll see were like shot of them I think probably in the 70s so um, just to give it a bit of context so if you can't see you might have to move in that way but hopefully you can right let's do it let's roll it of its 26th president, Theodore Roosevelt. Postmodern America, more than any other time in Earth's history, we need the spirit to fall again on us. Now is the time. Today is the day. We need a fresh outpouring of God's spirit on our nation like never before. Amazing stories, isn't it? Man, and uh, that's right. Yeah, you can pause it there. And it, the, the the stories are are so many, 
Um, you can pick up there's numbers of books on them where they've got like recorded testimonies of people that were in the room. Um, I've got this uh, copy here which you can access online actually, but this is a um, a reprint of the what's called the Apostolic Faith. Uh, newspapers that they started publishing a, a, a few months after the revival began, and I think they were print they were printed up until about 1915. Um, you, you need a miracle to read it because the words are so small in there. Um, but there's amazing stories in there, and 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 what it does is it it mobilises people. And so the the amount of people you heard a couple of examples there where people were given supernatural ability to um, to speak in other languages and. and and in here, you you you, hear, you can read mission updates from people who went abroad to other nations, and they were able to, to write in other languages that they'd never learned. They were able to speak in those languages to actually share the gospel, and then they're giving reports back. That was all happening supernaturally. You can read about it in there. In terms of like, I'll just tell you a, f a few more kind of stories. But um, it, even things like in terms of the spreading, um, when people received letters from people, they they had a an official letterhead which there's a copy of at, at the front of this and it, it's an image of the sort of upper room of what, what they imagine Pentecost in the Bible might have looked like it's, it's this top bit here where there's like a gathering of people and tongues of fire and then it's got a couple of verses from scripture and it's got a Sousa Street mission on it and there's stories there of when, when people wrote because they would write to kind of get information or ask for prayer and when they would receive the letter back some of them the minute that they opened the envelope and pulled it and saw the letterhead the presence of God would come into the room and they'd be touched by God or convicted of their sin or whatever so the, the, the spread the way that God worked you think that's why you know through a letterhead I mean how, how does that even work and you may have caught on the video there um, people just getting off the train half a mile away came under the presence of God crossing over a certain point in the city the presence of God was touching people and so all this was going on but behind the scenes when you rewind you find that there were people praying there were individuals praying, and, and the kind of ma the main names, as it were, like William Seymour, who's the guy that was blinded in one eye, became the figurehead. But he came onto the scene like a few years after people had been praying and, and preparing the way. So he was like the kind of the, the, the moment, the point where things really seemed to kick off. But before that, there were individuals that were praying and praying and praying uh, for, for up to five years in some cases. And you, you can read stories and, and books about that. Um, one famous guy, I'll read you a, a couple of quotes, um, is a guy called Frank Bartleman, and he's written a, a book about it. He was around at the time, he was, he was there right at the beginning of it, but he was involved in, in like a tract ministry, like you know, like printed tracts. So back in the day, of course, they didn't have social media, emails, nothing like that. So getting stuff printed and, and then distributing it was the way they got the word about, and, and he would hear from God, he would put down prophetic messages and put gospel messages out, and they would he would deliver out thousands, like tens of thousands. So he was doing this for years before, trusting God moment by moment for God's provision, sometimes didn't have enough money to, to put fuel on the burner or to buy food, he had a family, trusting God to provide for the printing of these tracks. So it was like moment by moment, trusting in God to sustain him. And when you read about the, the, the power and the presence of God, it's something that like, you just think, yeah, I know, I, I know I've 
experienced God myself. I've heard stories. I've seen from other people that are around today. I hear what God's done. But this, the, the kind of the, the burden, the the intensification that God puts on people's hearts and in their, in their spirits to pray is something that I just I have never experienced that. I can't whip that up. This is something that has to be God raw. It's it's something we can only say. God, do it in me. God, do it again. When you let, let I just read you a couple of quotes. This is from Frank Bartleman himself talking about his his life, his following of God in the months and years preceding the, the outbreak of the Azusa Street revival. He says this: We were up against it for money, and the devil tempted me to go back to work. Our rent was due, and I had only fifty cents. But the Lord heard prayer. I was about to sell our stove. We had to have a roof over our heads and just the exact amount we needed came in without um, without uh, solicitation God was faithful to us so there was great great pressure so often positioning yourself to follow God like we were saying earlier doesn't mean necessarily things get easier sometimes you're turning your face more towards the battle sometimes you come more into the sights of the enemy he says this he says the Lord said nothing to us as we met with him but he filled us with his presence he strengthened us and we knew that we were workers with him fellowshippers of his sufferings in the ministry of soul travail real soul travail is just as definite in the spirit as natural human birth pangs so like giving birth to souls as people are praying the simile is almost perfect in its sameness no soul is ever born without this all true revivals of salvation come this way Lord, give, give me that spirit. Give us that spirit. The Lord Jesus was so real, I could scarcely take up with human conversation again. It seemed so crude and empty. Human spirit seemed so harsh. Earthly fellowship, a torment. How far we are from the nat- naturally from the spirit of Christ. I was spending whole nights and days in prayer. Evidently, Satan's kingdom was suffering. The neighbours heard me groan in prayer and thought that I must be sick and inquired of my condition, but it was only soul burden. I've never had that. I've never, I've never had that. I mean, some of you may have done, may have experienced the touch of that. This is when he was sick. Although I was racked with pain and burning up with fever, a tremendous spirit of prayer was upon me. I seemed like I was two separate persons. My brain seemed separate and alive for God, and I felt it all in my spirit. But in my body, I was sick enough to die. My suffering seemed to press my soul outside of my body. It was a peculiar experience. I'm sure the devil was the loser by it. My spirit seemed completely lifted above my spiritual, my physical condition. And so when you when you read through, you find this kind of almost like agonizing in prayer in order to, to bring and birth what God wanted to do months and years later. And, and wouldn't it be great if God would do that with us, with you, with some of us um, following on from this weekend away together. Um, amazingly in the video, you, you would have seen it brought together all different kinds of people, men and women, all different ethnic backgrounds were there. You read stories of children and being in meetings where there, there was even William Seymour, who was kind of seen as the leader. Um, it, it, there's stories of him where he would sit behind 
like big shoe boxes, a couple of them stacked on each other, and he would even put his head inside one another so he couldn't be seen. They didn't always have any music. Um, sometimes the, the, the presence of God became so great that, 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 that the music was almost too comforting for people, and so they wouldn't allow it because the conviction of sin that would come into the room. The, the meetings were so led by the Spirit that they would come into the, into the meeting rooms, and, and, and any man or any woman or child, children sometimes would prophesy or would speak. On the video it mentioned like an, an actual mist that was on the floor. Children would play in it. Um, like the, the mist of God, God's glory. And so this, we're talking about what the Bible speaks about as being the, the Shekinah presence of God. And so this is the word that's used in the Old Testament. The, the Shekinah presence of God is, is it's the word for weighty or heavy. And so there are times when the, like the heavy, weighty presence of God comes comes in a way like we, we've known the presence of God amongst us over these days, but, but it's like it can increase. It's sort of like, I don't, you know, it's like it's God holding back. Somehow, yeah. Um, but there's, there's an increase and a weight of God that, cut, that came into the room. And so extraordinary healings and things and miracles were going on. You saw there people were able to play music and instruments um, when they hadn't even learned. I mean, that's, that's, that's amazing. And so, so much stuff was going on. I'll give you a couple more um, quotes here and little stories. And then, and then we want, want to pray. You know, we want to get into some prayer and then we'll have a bit of a pause. And we're going to come back and look at another revival. Um, there was spiritual warfare that went on and so they said it, it, it was mostly they had opposition from outside you know obviously the, the newspapers and they had people suspicious and people would think everyone's gone crazy but they said the biggest challenge was inside the meeting where it's like there were evil spirits at work that would try to take the meeting off in another direction and so they had to learn how to discern what God was doing in the room because it was it was led by the Spirit of God. It wasn't kind of orchestrated with a plan or anything like that. And so they had to learn and discern together how to sort of pray out and, and, and detect when things were going off, off balance. So the sensitivity to the Spirit is maybe something that we're not as familiar with as they were. And I think on the video it mentioned about the, the like the fireballs that were coming and so there's stories of a fire brigade being called because it actually looked like there was an actual fire at times. Such was, was the weight of God's glory. And and again the miracles, I mean that, that those are two quite extreme miracles. I mean these days you would be able to document it all and I'm sure it would be on, on video somewhere but I mean that that's extraordinary that again that's just going by eyewitnesses um, limbs growing back and there was a number of instances with I read another one about a leg growing out um, I read another one about someone that had lost all their teeth and one of the one of the women prayed and as they touched in their mouth new teeth grew back so we're talk we're talking about like that it's like that the weight of God's glory and God's presence is so huge if, if he is to step into a room that all kinds of things happen and, and people, the weight of conviction of sin, which again, maybe some of you have known it, but it, 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 it led people into a kind of like a, a pain, like a, a desperation, that, that the holiness of God, um, they, they said that if you came into the meeting, it was difficult to stay in there. If you weren't right with God, you would, you would have to flee. You wouldn't be able to stay in the room. And so this is something where you, you feel like, I feel like 
God, I, 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 I've known you transforming my life. You've, you've, you've done that in my life. My life's been completely changed in the last sort of 20 years or so. Um, but, but when I read this, I'm like, oh man, I've only just got started. And I'm grateful that we know the presence of God in our, in our church down in Medway and that we have open meetings and people take part. But there's more. And so what, why do I want to pray for revival? What, this is what I'm praying for. It's not just not out there, save some people. We're talking about the presence of God coming into our environments, our workplaces and our, and our, and our cities and our churches. And, it, and, and as the presence of God comes in that way, it's going to lead to all kinds of extraordinary things. And God wants us to pray for it loves us to pray for it. He sets people praying and, and that maybe is the prayer tonight. God, would you give us a, a spirit of prayer? Maybe there'll be some in the room that will get, however we understand it, like a spirit of intercession. Some people seem to be used by God to, to pray and to travail. It's, it's like they're able to uh, like give, almost giving birth in the spirit. And so we want to pray, God, would you send your spirit amongst us that that may happen? Because if it doesn't happen, somewhere it looks like revival won't come because that's the way that God always does it. So how do we know that we're not two years away, five years away, three months away? How do we know that it could be in this room? It's often the most like hidden away people. God does choose the, the shepherd boys in the fields. It's not the, always the impressive people. It could be you that you're here tonight and you're only, you've only just dragged yourself here to the weekend. Maybe you're one of the smouldering wicks, you know, the feeling like it's flickering out. But it could be that God's wanting to baptise you in the spirit tonight and that you're going to be set ablaze for him in prayer. And so we want to pray that. And so I'd love us to go into prayer now. And because this is Azusa Street, it's associated with the birth of Pentecostalism. It's associated with baptism in the Spirit and speaking in tongues. That's why it's mentioned a lot. That was a hallmark of that particular revival was people spoke in tongues. And there was a kind of experience of that. And so I think we should pray for that tonight. I think we should pray, baptise us tonight. And, and that tonight, let's pray that we would speak in tongues. And so if, if you don't speak in tongues, let's pray. God come, because he loves to give that gift. Loves to give it. And it was there on the day of Pentecost itself, back in Acts as well. So that's where we're going to start our praying. And then a bit later, we're going to move into praying for, for our churches and our, our towns and, and cities in the UK and so on. Is that all right? Yeah. Are you stirred up by what you've heard? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So uh, maybe some of the other leaders can bring in suggestions, the best way to do it. But I reckon maybe if we, if we worship for a moment, if that's right, if we can... Um, just go back into a song where we're, we're calling on God together in worship and then we'll see where it goes from there and we'll just begin to start praying with one another and laying on of hands, yeah? You up for that? Yeah. Let's go for it. Yeah, Lord, we're praying for your your power tonight, Lord. As we as we've heard these stories, and we're like, you know, it, it, even looking at it, maybe some of us are like, really, is it does, is that true? Can that really happen, Lord? You've done it again and again and again. 
throughout history and so we, we're praying tonight Lord we're, we're here on this passing into a new year because we're saying Lord we want to be filled with with your spirit and uh, not to be drunk on wine as it says in Ephesians Lord we're here because we want to turn our attention to you and we're saying Lord even though we know we can't like pull a lever do this do that and then it just happens Lord we're, we're turning around maybe some of us are turning almost 180 because we've been looking the wrong way we're turning to you and we're saying God we're, we're leaning in we're saying Lord give us your spirit we're asking you for that that weighty glory for the Shekinah presence of God like that came uh, in the temple that was another one the rededication of the temple and the presence of God came and, and overwhelmed the people in, in the Old Testament so we pray for that Lord that you'd come and overwhelm us tonight that we would be baptised again in your spirit, filled with your spirit, Lord. Give, a, give us another Pentecost, Lord. We, we, we want that, Lord. What we, we read of our brothers and sisters and, and hear, Lord, out of their own lips from 70 years ago what, that you healed them. Lord, we say, come, we're stirred, Lord. May it be passed on to us, we ask, O oh God, as we worship, Lord. Thank you even tonight, Lord. We, you don't even need um, someone to lay our hands. We, we know you work through that but as we heard on the video sometimes people are just sitting there and you come in power and so we're, we're praying Father for that tonight as we worship you Lord come in power, we reach out to you this evening again Lord come on let's let's start to lift our voices even now as we worship say God come, Holy Spirit come amongst us tonight we pray